Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is a special bonus series entitled, Why Is the Whole World Against Us? The purpose of this series is to offer a deeper spiritual insight into the current war that Israel is raging against Hamas in Gaza, as well as the geopolitical war Jews all around the world are raging in defense of our right to the land of Israel as our homeland and against worldwide anti-Semitism, which has risen exponentially in the aftermath of the October 7th massacre. The teachings I'll be relating are based on a sicha by, given by the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the year Tavshin Chavvav, or in the Hebrew year of 5726, or the English year of 1965. And the sicha is on Parshas Bereshis, based on the first Rashi and Parshas Bereshis. I studied and recorded this material in the merit of a swift victory of the IDF and the protection of all of our fellow soldiers and all Jewish lives within the land of Israel and throughout the world, as well as for the speedy return of our hostages. May it happen very, very soon. So we've reached episode four in this lecture series, and today we're actually going to finally get into some answers. Uh, So, so far to recap... We reviewed the basic Rashi, the first Rashi of the Chumash that we were studying, wherein Rashi posed the question, why did the Torah start with the retelling of the creation of the world instead of starting with the first mitzvah given to the Jewish people? And then he answers this his own question by saying that the reason for this is that if the nations of the world come to us, to the Jewish people, and accuse us of being robbers for conquering the land of the seven nations, then we should answer them and we should say to them that the whole world is God's world He and he created the world and thus he has the right to give it to whom he deemed proper. And with his will, he gave it to the nations of the world. With his will, he took it from the nations of the world and gave it to us, to the Jewish people. That's the basic Rashi. And as we've been discussing, the Rebbe, in, his, in the Sicha that we've been learning, really dissects this Rashi in a lot of details and asks a lot of questions on this Rashi. He asks questions on Rashi's question. He asks questions on Rashi's answer. He asks questions on the accusation of the nations. And he asks questions on the answer to the nations. So we went through all of the questions so far. And now we're going to get into the answers that the rubber provides. And as we'll see, and as I mentioned, getting into these answers, it's going to give us a much deeper appreciation of this Rashi. And not only that, of the land of Israel, of our connection as Jews to the land of Israel, and some deeper insights into the Torah itself and our learning of Torah. 
So for today, we're really going to focus on the answers that the rubber provides to his questions on Rashi's question. Or to be more specific, we're actually going to be answering the first of the two questions that the Rebbe had. And the second question is actually, uh, we're going to answer it a little bit later in the Sicha. So we're going to review both questions today. But uh, the second question, really, in order to get to the answer of the second question, uh, it's going to require a, a little bit more knowledge that will only be uncovered through some of the other answers that we're going to get. So this might be frustrating, but um, learning a sicha like this, again, as I mentioned several times, not only is it very technical, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily always super linear. So the Rebbe kind of jumps back and forth and are all around, like in, in terms of these topics that are being addressed. So by the very end of the Sikha, we will have a full picture of all the questions, all the answers, how it all makes sense. But along the way, it's going to be a little bit of a circuitous route. So just keep that in mind as we go through this. And once again, I'd like to reiterate the idea that really the foundational uh, message, the bottom line message of this whole Sikha is the importance of learning Torah. And part of this learning Torah, the power of learning Torah is really utilizing your mind and your power of analysis in these ways, concentrating upon these ideas uh, in a very process-oriented way so that it's not just about getting that end result, that end message. It's really about being involved in the process of learning Torah. That's what the idea of being engaged in Torah study is all about, as we'll learn further on in the Sicha. So stay tuned for that. So, okay. So for today, like I said, so we're going to review the two questions that the Rebbe had on Rashi's question. What are the two questions? The first one is he actually is citing from the Ramban that uh, Rashi is asking why Torah begins with the creation of the world. And the Ramban says, isn't learning about the creation of the world, learning about how God created the world pretty essential? Like somebody who doesn't believe, God forbid, that God created the world is considered to be a heretic. So this seems very foundational to our faith as Jews. So why does Rashi take issue with this? The second question that the Rebbe brought up is that if Rashi is taking issue with the story of creation for it just being a story and he he would rather, uh, he, he feels like it would be more logical for the Torah to begin with the blessing of the first month, which is the first law that was given to the Jewish people, then why doesn't Rashi mention all the other stories in the Torah? Those are also not pure uh, straight up laws. So why doesn't, what about those? Why doesn't he mention that? So as I mentioned, that second question about the stories of the Torah is actually going to be addressed a little bit later on, but it can be good to kind of keep this question in the back of your mind as we go through the Sicha and kind of see if maybe you can start to get hints at the answer as we get through it so that the true answer can become apparent the more we uncover what's going on. So focusing again on that first question that about the creation of the world, isn't the creation of the world pretty essential? Well, to understand why this isn't a satisfactory enough reason for the creation of the world to be included in the Torah, according to Rashi, we have to come to understand essentially what Torah is on a more essential level. So the word in Hebrew, Torah, it's usually translated to mean Bible, However, like most translations from Hebrew to English, this translation is somewhat lacking. The Hebrew language is really uh, very special in the sense that we can learn a lot about different words when we look at their root. And when we look at the root of the word and we see the connection that it has to 
other words of a similar root. So the root of the word Torah in Hebrew actually comes from the same root as another word in Hebrew, which is hora'a, a lesson. Like let's say if you're if you're learning a lesson from something, you're learning a hora'a or like a moral, you know, it's like that you're reading like a legend or something like that. And then there's a moral that we take away from the story. That's what the word hora'a means. And that's what the word Torah is really all about, what the what the book of the Torah is really all about. The purpose of the Torah, as we've already kind of mentioned in passing, is to teach us lessons. And when we, when we say teach us lessons, what we really mean is Jews. The Torah was given to the Jewish people, and it's meant for us to be a guidebook for the Jewish nation in, in how to live in this world. So when we say Jews, what do we mean by this? What, when did the Jewish nation begin? When was it founded? So there's a common conception that Abraham, Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation. The truth is he was also the father of the Islamic nation because Ishmael actually was born from Abraham in addition to Yitzchak. So if that's the case, was Abraham the first Jew or was he not the first Jew? Well, it's complicated because, you know, he was kind of like the founding father of it all. But um, on the other hand, uh, not quite. The status actually of all of the forefathers, meaning Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and really all of the Israelites, all of the tribes and all of their children and things like that. While they were the progenitors of the Jewish nation, they themselves, interestingly enough, and this is discussed in rabbinic literature, were not actually considered to be halachically fully Jewish. There are a lot of instances where this kind of thing comes up, where we see the forefathers or the tribes doing things that would be forbidden um, to Jews nowadays or post-Namatan Torah Jews, but they actually did them. And the explanation for that is often because they weren't actually considered to be in the status of Jews. For example, in the story of the angels coming to visit Abraham after he had the bris, after he had the circumcision, and he brings them food, then the Torah actually describes him bringing food uh, that's both milk and meat. There are some commentators that try to explain this away by saying that Avraham knew that they were angels or he gave them the option to eat milk or meat. He didn't cook them together. But one really simple explanation is the fact that actually Avraham was not really fully Jewish at that time. Uh, he observed certain laws, but he wasn't a full-fledged Jew. The same thing when it comes to Yaakov, Yaakov marrying Rachel and Leah, who were sisters, according to the Torah, you're not allowed to marry sisters. But again, this was before the actual receiving of the Torah. So in true truth, even though the history of the Jewish nation did indeed begin with Abraham, and it really started to come to fruition during our time in Egypt, when we were really persecuted and uh, kind of placed together by the Egyptians as being the Israelites, and, uh, and then we collectively left Egypt and we wandered through the desert. I mean, this is a lot of the Torah is talking about this whole time. The truth is we didn't actually become a nation until the receiving of the Torah in the year 2448, according to the Hebrew calendar. So even though we do see that different, uh, there are different mitzvahs, different commandments that are mentioned before then, again, we spoke about Avraham being circumcised. We spoke about Adam and Eve being given the, uh, the commandment to be fr fruitful and multiply. Yaakov was given the commandment to refrain from eating the sciatic nerve 
from an animal, all of which things are found in Jewish law that are still there to the present day. Nevertheless, none of these were given to the Jews as Jews. Before the giving of the Torah, everybody in the world was really considered to be under the category of what's known as Bnei Noach, as the children of Noah. And a topic, a much bigger topic for another time, but actually the children of Noah, all the people in the world are bound by seven basic commandments that uh, are relevant to the entirety of the, of, of the world. And then within those Noahides, within the Bnei Noach, the children of Noah, there were different subgroups and different subcategories. So this group at that time of, you know, Avraham's family, specifically those those who were descendant through Yitzchak, and then Yitzchak's family, specifically those who were descendant through Yaakov, and then all of Yaakov's families, family, all of his descendants after that, they were all considered to be kind of like a subset of the Bnei Noach which is why we actually find in the Torah, the way that they're actually, they were actually referred to during the desert and all of that is being not as Jews, but as being the Bnei Israel. We translate that to mean Israelites, but it really um, more literally translates to mean the children of Israel. What is Israel? Israel is, is another name that was given to Yaakov because all of Yaakov's descendants were these Israelites, were uh, were the the children of Yaakov, who eventually were to become the Jewish people, but they were not yet the Jewish people until we received the Torah at Mount Sinai. So the bottom line that we want to take away from this is that the Torah, as we know it, when we talk about the Torah, again, it comes from the root of Hora'ah, which means a lesson, specifically a lesson to Jews, to Jews as Jews, not to Avram, not to Yitzchak, not to Yaakov, not to any of the Shvatim, any of the tribes, or any of the Israelites in the desert. It's actually actually meant for Jews as Jews post Matan Torah. That's what it's meant to be. And it's meant to be a lesson for all of us. So if that's the case, it's not enough for us to just say, as the Ramban proposes, that the reason that the Torah began with the story of Bereshis, with the story of creation, is because this is a very fundamental thing in for all of us to know. It has to be more specific than that. It has to be specific to the Jewish people because uh, knowing that God created the world, this is something that isn't just relevant for Jews. This is something that everybody needs to know. And indeed, the same thing goes for the commandments that that are given before the Torah when we when we hear about these commandments that were given to Avraham and to uh, Adam and Chava and to Yaakov it can't be we have to look at the Torah through the lens of being Jewish because the Torah is a Jewish book which means that every single detail in the Torah needs to be there as a lesson to us Jews as Jews otherwise it could have been a different book there are lots of other books that are not necessarily Torah, but are still considered to be holy books that are still considered to be very historical books, very relevant books. Uh, there's also oral tradition that um, many different nat nations, different cultures have. So like the story of creation, for example, this could have been passed down through oral tradition, uh, the idea of circumcision as it was given to Avraham. Um, before the Torah, all of these things could have been passed down through oral tradition. But if they're included in the Torah proper, it means that there's a lesson there for Jews as Jews. 
So bearing this in mind, we can now come back to Rashi's question and we can really have a deeper appreciation of what his question is and why it's a real question. So again, what's Rashi's question? Rashi's question is why does the Torah begin with the story of creation instead of starting with the first Jewish mitzvah, the blessing of the new month, which was the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people as a Jewish nation post-Matan Torah, post the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. So with everything we've discussed today, then all of this, now now we understand why it's a real question, right? And then getting kind of like fast forwarding a little bit into Rashi's answer, we see how Rashi in his answer, which we're not going to delve into too much today, but uh, but just since we've learned it a little bit already, we see that in Rashi's answer, what is Rashi's answer? Rashi's answer is that the reason the Torah began this way is to teach us Jews how to answer the accusations of the nations, meaning to say that it is a lesson for the Jewish people. So once again, to get back to our questions on Rashi's question, uh, when it, our, our primary question, which came again from the Ramban, which is that isn't learning about how God created the world pretty essential? So yes, it is pretty essential, but that's not why Rashi is asking this question. But Rashi is asking this question about why the Torah begins the way that it does, because the Torah is meant to be a book of lessons for the Jewish people as a Jewish people, as a Jewish nation post Matan Torah, post the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. So if that's the case, that means that there must be a lesson for the Jewish people as a Jewish nation in the story of the creation of the world. It's not just about telling us that God created the world so that we won't be heretics and we won't, God forbid, forget about this idea or something like that, or think that the world came about on its own. Uh, but rather, there's something much deeper going on and much more essential and intimately create, uh, connected to the Jewish nation. So what that intimate connection is to the Jewish nation, what that lesson is to the Jewish nation remains to be seen. We know it has to do with this answer that we're giving to the nations of the world. And that sort of is on a simple baseline level, that is the lesson is basically how to answer the nations of the world. But as we'll see, as we get deeper into the Sikha, we're going to come to a much deeper understanding, a much deeper appreciation of this answer to the nations that we have, of the accusation of the nations, and what this really means for us, and how the Torah beginning this way really is a very, very profound lesson to all of us as Jews, as a Jewish nation. So stay tuned for that, and we'll continue next time when we get into the answer to our questions that we pose about the accusation of the nations. So stay tuned for that in the next episode, and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.